Miss Julie Black, good Sunday morning to you. Thank you for joining me today. It's a great Sunday. How are you today? Good, good. So I know that you are very intentional, Julie, with everything that you do. Uh, but did you think that this was going to set off as much critique as it did? I didn't think about critique. I didn't think about uh, doing it for a reaction. Um, I did it intentionally to stand in the gap and show my support to Indigenous peoples and Indigenous friends in particular. And so, uh, so no, it wasn't, I didn't think, I didn't think about it in that way. Um, I know that we do land acknowledgements all the time. Mm -hmm. We do them all the time. And the word on is in, in the land acknowledgements. So vocally it seemed right to acknowledge the land that, um, that we're on. What has caught me, I think, Julie, um, are the comments like this isn't her anthem to change. You know, we've we've talked about it, uh, your you know your choice of words on the show, and I mm -hmm. got a text from somebody saying, you know, racism is bad, and we're against racism, but this is not her anthem to change. What does that make you feel as a Canadian hearing those words? Um, it isn't my anthem to change. I think it was up. It was the the responsibility was is on the government and to really take a look at these things and to realize that it was poorly written to begin with. It doesn't include everybody, and so there wasn't big backlash when we decided to agree to the gender change. Mm. Every, there was okay, cool in all of us command. Okay, tick the box. Everybody was happy. Um, so why is it that there's such a? I think people who are upset they need to ask themselves why really ask themselves why um because it has nothing to do what i'm realizing is that this isn't even this isn't even a black thing yeah. um they're mad at the truth mm. i just have to be a black face singing it so let's you know it depends on who else i think if someone else was singing it that doesn't look didn't look like me it might have been a different reaction I I picked apart a that that statement. How does you know when when people say this isn't her anthem to change? Because I think the anthem doesn't belong to anybody. It belongs to us as Canadians, right? Like, and you are a Canadian, and so I just found that choice of where this isn't her anthem because I feel like we all embody the anthem. We all grew up singing it in school. It is it is a part of you know, are standing patriotically for this country. So, you know, in my mind, as a black woman, I was just thinking, what what are you really trying to say with that statement as I, I heard it? But I, I appreciate your, your take on it. I've heard you say um, that you've turned down the anthem in the past. Will mm -hmm. you sing the anthem again after everything that's happened? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll sing the anthem again. I'm, I'm not a never say never person. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a never say never person, I should say. And just to go back to what you mentioned about singing the anthem as kids and, you know, being you know, patriotic, et cetera, we didn't know what we were singing. We were taught this anthem at a very young age, and we've, we've been reciting the anthem as a mantra. Mm -hmm. I don't think most people have been singing the anthem um, intentionally, you know, standing behind each word. I think we sang it like ABCD, Baba Black Sheep. I think we sang yeah. it like, you know, this little light of mine. Really, if we really think about it, like Maggie, when was the last time you got up every single day and sang the anthem and put your hand on your chest, on your heart and said, I'm Canadian or I'm, you know, I'm a, a citizen of Canada, or, you know, depending on your your story mm. and say, this is my anthem. When? 
Really yeah, and truly. It's, it's I, I mean, <laughs> at events, probably. Yeah, it's the last time I have. Yeah. There you go. Right? And so uh, I'm happy that it's causing a, a conversation to happen. Yeah. A much needed conversation. Um, I'm not going to act like I'm Teflon and that things don't pinch. And the most, for me, I'm saddened that there's such venom out there, but I'm also happy that the world and Canada at large is seeing that racism exists in Canada. It's right here. It's alive and well, and it could be at times the person sitting right next to you that has to pretend and has to accept different people because this is where we are. And, but what happens when you go home and you're a keyboard gangster and this is how you really feel. First of all, I just want to say, Julie, you sang the hell out of that song. And I don't think you get enough credit for that. Like you <laughs> sang that song, like sang that song. And I, I remember like my husband and I were watching it and we're like, I was turned to him. I said, Julie is singing the national anthem. Like it just, it wasn't wrote. You put so much feeling into it that I didn't even catch the word change until after when people started talking about it. I was like, wait a minute here. And I played it back, but mm -hmm. I just want to give you kudos because I don't think in all of the conversation, you just gotten credit for the fact that you represented our country well by singing that song wow. with so much heart and so much soul. So thank you for doing that, that so well. Thank you. Thank you. Put some stank on it. You, you know, did. Put some seasoning on it. Right? And your foot too. <laughs> and my foot. <laughs> now, unfortunately, as you said, you're not Teflon. You know, we are human beings. You posted a, a hate-filled letter that you received from a person uh, where they called you the N-word. They criticized your heritage. Um, I know it. this isn't easy, being a black woman in the spotlight. You know, I've received you know, my fair share of, of hate letters in the past. But I know that uh, when I've received comments, um, it does shake me to the core. How did it feel reading that letter and just the boldness this person mm -hmm. had to just feel that they could ridicule you and, and criticize you the way they did? Yeah, at first I was trying to do the whole sticks and stones, you know, type mm. thing. and So I read it. I read it and... Okay, whatever this keyboard gangster. Then when the when I noticed like the threat, like if you sing it again that way, yeah, I was like, huh, okay, this is this is serious here. We need to take this serious. This is you. We don't know like there's like you know mental health, mental health is real, and there's people who are unwell and there are people who are really angry, um, for whatever reason. So it it was hurtful, um, to see words like monkey, mm -hmm. things that I haven't seen or been or heard, you know, in a long time or if ever. Um, and to your point, then my Jamaican heritage and et cetera. Um, but I also realized it was very cliche. It was very, I realized it was someone that probably gathered every sort of racialized, you know, phrase and word, even stuff about being, um, you know, com my complexion, dark skin, this, that. It's like, okay, this person just went on to some BT chat room to grab whatever whatever stories they could find that they thought would hurt a black woman mm. in particular and so in that in that case I was like okay you know what shake that off but I posted that in particular um because some people really thought it was a publicity stunt and thought that I was doing it for personal gain and and being self-serving and and some are really in denial that these types of humans exist in our country yep. 
And this is where I was like, let the record show. Yeah, even once. I, there's lots. There's some others that I'll, I, that I'll never post. Um, that that this exists, you know. But to be honest, to be open, Maggie, the the, the support, I'd say literally like ninety eight percent positive. White people, black, indigenous, South Asian, Asian, the you know the the South American community, Latin community, everybody. Like it's been from eight to eighty eight. Everybody's been like, Julie, we got you. We mm -hmm. got your back. And that is what I'm focusing on more so than the negativity. Yeah. No, good for you for, for, for focusing on the positive, because I think sometimes we can get so focused on that one negative comment and it can bring us down but instead of all of the, you know, the many people that are cheering you on. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, I want to talk about your new album. I want to talk about uh, just, you know, the hard, the hard journey, the hard chapter that you've gone through, Julie, and how you are staying faithful and strong uh, wow. as a woman in this industry. All right. We will be back with Julie Black. You are listening to Toronto This Weekend on 640 Toronto. Julie, before all of this happened, we were trying to get you on the show to talk about your new album. So I'm so happy that we're able to do that. Your new album's called Three Rocks and a Slingshot. And this was the first album that you've released without your dear mom around. I remember seeing you. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember seeing you, I think the day after your mom or shortly after your mom had passed away. Um, and mm. how bittersweet was this? Uh, to release this album that means, you know, so much to you and yeah. start working through just the emotions of losing your mom, who you were so close with. Yeah. So Maggie, that was hours after my mom was passed away. Hours? I saw you at okay. event. Yeah. 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 Um, literally. Um, so she gave me my wings, like to be able to do that on that day, host and perform. Um, I realized that I I had I had some access to supernatural strength. Mm. Um, but then there's there was you know that was kind of like okay, boom, compartmentalized. Family's dealing with mom right now. I have a job to do. Mom would want me to go do my job, and then it got quiet. And then I wondered, you know, what on earth am I here for? How do I navigate life without the person that's been there every day of my life, every single day? And it was a challenge and it still is at times. And so I really moved into recognizing there's various sides of my voice that uh, can be amplified and can be of influence and impact. And so moving through it, focusing on health and wellness, uh, women and girls empowerment, you know, 100 Strong and Sexy is an organization that was birthed as a result of mom, you know, transitioning and realizing that grief is something that could really pin you down. And I remember hearing this audible, I had this audible feeling. It was, don't let grief pin you down before you decide to get up. Mm. And I say that, don't let heartbreak pin you down before you decide to get up. Don't let racism pin you down before you decide to get up. Like, this is my, I just have really locked in. And so creating, making this album, I started writing it soon after mom passed away and then stopped and then the pandemic hit and then really stopped. <laughs> and then fast forward, uh, this, it was done. My producer, young Pete Alexander, he's out of Atlanta. We've been working together for years. Uh, we realized that we were, we had some Goliaths to slay systemically racism, him as a black man, me as a black woman, you know, he lives in America. So that was a whole other thing. He mm. survived the Trump administration and just things happening in life. 
um, where it was time for us to to load up our slingshot of love, you know, you know, resilience. It, the, the, it always changes. Like I still have my slingshot ready. If I'm like, you know, Julie, today in your slingshot, you need to have patience. Mm. You need to have compassion and empathy. Like I just, you know, and I just, for me, because it's a it's a biblical story that I learned as a child, mm-hmm. realizing this this little child, this tale of this little boy that took down this giant that no one else could slay, but him with nothing but three rocks and a slingshot. And so that's that's why the, the, the album is called that. And it's basically a diary of some of my deepest secrets and uh, some of my most awesome breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know mom, I could hear my mom. She always used to say, go girl, go, you go. She'd always say, go girl, go girl, go. And um, that's that's it's exciting to be able to accomplish this goal um, because I've only made music with my mom around. And she was like my, my toughest critic, too. Mm. I put on the song and if she didn't start to jig and shimmy. And, you know, she I, I say twerk, but she used to say twerk, <laughs> twerk. <laughs> you have to twerk. I was like, that's OK, sure. I, I'll do push ups. She, she would do press up. Wow. I did some press, up, press ups today. You did press ups. OK. So she was so funny and fun. And so um, I'm happy that that we got it done. And uh, we went number one on Apple on our own and just feeling really good about it. Now, you talked about, you know, slaying some of those giants. I all, you know, when I see you on social media, Julie, you're always giving words of affirmation. You always sound so strong. You're encouraging uh, people. You're encouraging women through your program as well. How do you encourage yourself? Because I feel like, especially for women, sometimes one of the giants we need to slay is the internal talk, the negative talk that we go through in our minds. Do you go through that? Do you struggle with that? My goodness, that's an understatement. Yes, I I do struggle. I have struggled, but I also have an awesome circle of people around me. And um, I got to shout out my champagne room, Jen Seif and Astra Lovelace. You'll see them on my Insta stories like all the time. Mm-hmm. We laugh. We travel, we cry, we eat. Our, we, I love their children, you know, their husbands. They're like such role models for me. I'm right now. I'm a woman who happens to be single, and I and I'm, I God has really placed people around me to show me that there can be fun and life and love and support, you know, at the same time. And so, um, but what I have been doing, I tell you this, you know, especially when it comes to self image and and um, negative self talk. You know, I've there's been times where I where I suffered with body dysmorphia, mm. and so um, I did this this class, so to speak. Um, and uh, the the facilitator said, "Imagine the part your body part was a person, and every time you speak poorly to that body part, you're actually speaking poorly to that person, someone that you love, mm. someone that carries you, someone that supported you. Imagine you're telling them you're ugly. You're telling them like, why are you, why do you look like that?" Why can't you change? Why are you taking so long? Imagine that's a person. And that instantly impacted me and instantly had me look at when I, when I pass the mirror or I look in the mirror. Say, uh, uh, thank you for, for carrying me through this day, hips. Thank you. Thank you, nose. I can smell. Thank you, lips. Thank you, eyes. Like the various parts of my body that I used to be like, oh, I wish you looked different. I was totally now. I have gratitude. So I, I do go through these things, but there, I, there are systems in place. And I want to encourage and inspire everybody listening to start to look into the systems you could implement, you could have in place and know that systems need to be updated, just like software, mm. just like your computers. We need an update. You need to update your peer group, update the people who are around you, update your, your meal plan, update your, what you're listening, what you're seeing, 
What you see is also food. What you hear is food, just like what you eat. So be intentional around that stuff. And when you change the way you see things, the things you see will absolutely change. I heard somebody say, you know, every once in a while, and I, I feel this as I've gotten older, you need to take internal inventory of, you oh. know, how how you're perceiving the world, the people that you have around you, the people that maybe shouldn't be around you. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's an, an external inventory and an internal inventory as well. And I, I feel like that's what I'm hearing from you, that you've kind of taken an inventory uh, internally and externally. 100% Maggie, 100%. And not everybody can go where you're supposed to go with you at the end of the day. And it's not about being a celebrity and levels. You may want to, you may want to go for your PhD, your master's, your bachelor's. You may want to further your education, but the people around you have settled and they have an energy of settling. And so there comes a time where you have to veer off. You may meet at another intersection, but for right now, you need to take a different route and they cannot come with you. If that's where you, if you really want to soar to the highest of heights, you got to drop the baggage. Mm. And there comes a time, you know, it's loyalty over seniority. This is the day where it's really and truly for me, not about seniority. Just because you think you know me, it doesn't mean that you're supposed to go where I'm going and that you know me right now because you probably don't. Yeah, and we're always evolving. You started the Julie Black Family Foundation last year in support of advancement and education of women. Why did you do that? Mm, thank you for asking. Um, my my mom wanted to be a nurse. She started to go to nursing school as she was working at General Motors of Canada at the same time, raising her children as a single mom. Mm. And uh, she had to choose. She had to choose to continue to work and take care of us. She couldn't do all of it. She didn't have the, ca- the resource and uh, the funds to do it all. And so, and the time. And so this foundation has been launched with one of my closest friends, Jennifer Seif, uh, who has her own lived experience and it's very personal for her. And so we decided to come together and give the gift of education to ensure that this does not ever have to be a choice, whether it's a bursary, a grant, something of scholarship, even if it is to take some of the load off of um, these amazing humans, they could actually go through and 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 get mentorship as well. Because <clears throat> we found sometimes people get a, a scholarship or a grant and it's like a lottery win. Mm. Uh, the Pinball Clemens Foundation, Diane and Pinball Clemens, they've been really great to us to really help us understand, okay, so as you start to grow this foundation and there and you have recipients, let's make sure that there's mentorship. Let's make sure that we're following their story and that they do end up crossing that finish line with pardon me with success. The support system of that. Uh, we have uh, two minutes left, Julia. I, I want to talk. I want to ask you about your about the future. What what's what's next for Julie Black? Um, you continue to travel, or always seeing you traveling on your stories, always <laughs> performing everywhere. Uh, what's next for you? Uh, what well, next is what's now? Really, mm. I'm really being where my feet is um, as much as possible. I'm looking forward to touring. I love being in person. Um, we do have uh, an amazing event coming up on March 26th um, for for Women's Month, which is going to be amazing. I'll be at Nathan Phillips Square on the 11th of March with Roger Mooking and his burn activation. Um, but really, 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 Maggie, as a friend and sister girl, as you mentioned, husband, I'm looking forward to having a family, like being getting married yeah. and, you know, having a purpose partner mm. and doing life. 
Like I really, I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. You know, when you're in my position, it's so easy to be like, okay, what's next that has to do with career and money and success, what, how people define success. But for me, as I'm getting older and wiser, it's like, what good is all this success without someone to share it with? Mm. And so I'm really looking forward to the, to the Lord, like aligning me with that purpose partner who is so confident and comfortable in his skin uh, that we both could create one big eclipse because his light is bright and mine is too. You need that confident man to stand beside Julie Black, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, depends on who he is. I might need to be that confident woman. That's too. You know that Hello. too. That too. You Hello. put it out there. God will Hello. answer it. <laughs> Hello. It, it has been a pleasure, an absolute pleasure having you on, on the show, Julie. It's about time that you came on. I'm so excited that right? you made time for us. Thank you again. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maggie. I love you, girl. Thanks for having my back. Love you too. That was Julie Black, the award-winning one of Canada's 25 greatest singers ever, Miss Julie Black, Canada's very own queen of R&B soul. And uh, follow her online. She's everywhere. Twitter, uh, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, keeping track with Julie is crazy. She is, uh, you know, all around the world and doing great work. And uh, check out her foundation as well to find out ways that maybe you can get involved uh, uh, in that great cause. All right, you're listening to Toronto this weekend on 640 Toronto. Coming up, Emery Aikens, Media and Crisis Communications Advisor. We're going to throw out or throw around some of uh, this week's top stories and get her take on the headlines. That's next.